Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to Waiting on Reparations, a production of iHeartRadio. Yo. Yo, knife been dope since insane in the membrane. Y'all just crabs in a barrel playing squid games. Niggas swear they're the thorough with a big brain. But I tag up the wall with a thick paint. Trying to make rappers stand by facts. They went on Facebook, now they anti-vax. A rapper gets slapped if you grab my mask. I'm dope, you can't even out-rap my trash. True, man, don't tell me what to do, man. Make mistakes because I'm only human. Saw you at the cypher and your crew ran. They all went right like Chappelle new fans. <laughs> Yo, yo. <laughs> What's up? What's happening, everybody? How you doing? I'm good, and I'm Lingua Franca. Oh, yeah, sure. I forgot about that. I'm Dope Knives, ah, and we are got your own name. waiting <laughs> on reparations. We are waiting on reparations, <laughs> and we would like you to hurry up, please. But uh, yeah, what's good? What's checks. good with you, bro? Uh, nothing, yeah. I've been getting ready for this show that I'm getting ready to do. We got this, um, there's this record store slash record label in savannah called Graveface, and they're having like a 12 year thing oh, so nice. i'm slated to perform with a couple of other cool cats that's going down on saturday but i'm really trying to be you know real real official with it so i think i've been like rehearsing and shit you know oh so that's get, great get my set down nice yeah. and tight for it but um that's it's other than that, it's the same old, you know. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I don't rehearse anymore. I don't have any shows coming up. I don't really, you know, I don't play well, a lot. I mean, you're doing, you're doing important things, but you're going to get back on there yeah, soon. Yeah, no, sooner or later. I got a show in Atlanta in December. I might play, like, the Athens Pride event in November. But, yeah, things are good. Um, today, I fucking met uh, this guy named Raphael Warnock. Apparently, he's oh. the first black uh, oh. senator from the state of Georgia. And you know oh. what? You know what? He's a very chill dude. Very chill dude. Um, very laid back. We talked about like the fucking quote unquote labor shortage. And he had like, he was like pretty funny about that. I mean, he was like labor shortage. I mean, we all know that first of all, um, 700,000 of those workers didn't come back because they died. And then uh, a, lot of, a lot of the rest of us, uh, it's like get a job that pays you 1200 bucks a month and then owe 1300 for childcare because you're no longer at home to watch your children 
or just not have a job. So a lot of people chose that. He was like pretty straight up about the whole, you know, like why is this quote unquote labor shortage happening? Um, really, it's a, it's really it's a living wage job shortage. That's why niggas ain't going back to work. Talk a little bit about that. I heard, but yeah, he was like very just like funny and chill. Oh, I mean, so uh, like, what was he there for? Just to meet people. It seemed like you know he's oh. thinking about re-election. Uh, it's twenty twenty two, like tomorrow practically, and so he's like coming to touch yeah. base with the folks. Um, and uh, yeah, so ate some pasta. How's everything looking in the district? Uh, how's how's things looking for him? No, for you. Oh, how's how's things looking in your, in your district? Here, man, yeah. it's bad. Nah, like as soon as I left the meeting, somebody called me. I was like, hey. These people in your district just got their house shut up last week. What are we going to do about it? And so we're meeting on Friday. Like, they were like, oh, we want more cops to patrol, which is cool. I'm going to email the, you know, police sergeant guy for our area tomorrow and let them know. Because if that's what the people want, that's what the people get. But we're also going to meet on Friday to be like, also and or instead, let's try this. Because I've been, like, researching this program that they do in a lot of other cities called Cure Violence, where they just, like, hire, like, gangsta ass niggas to like just go to the gangs and be like please don't shoot each other and not like in a corny oh, yeah, lame ass truce. way yeah, but yeah. like in like nigga understand like why you killing each other but I fucking get it yeah, like you, you, don't like you can do something like you you can have a better life than this and you can resolve your conflicts without this and it's been working in a hope, lot of places I would hope that that happens like more often and outside of the context of like a organization having to put it together it seems like back in the day like OGs used to do that a lot more just on general principle. Like, oh, man, I can't have these youngsters well, here's out the here fucking thing. Yeah. Like, shooting each other. Like, I'm, I'm the OG. I gotta, like, I can't participate in that shit. I gotta, like, you know. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, a lot of people do it in their spare time because they're just humanitarians. But, like, they're working 60 hours a week at the fucking plant or whatever. They're, they're you know, what if they could do this as a career? Like, we're, like, their yeah. whole job, 40 hours a week. $25 an hour just it's just it making sure with... fucking gang niggas don't shoot each other think about how fulfilling that would be so it's yeah, like kind I mean, of that there's definitely like, a lot of people qualified to do it this, yeah yeah so it's like a very in my in my view a very specialized skill set of like knowing the streets having been there yourself you know and learning these other like very empirically based like ways of you know resolving conflict and like you know changing community norms around conflict and shit but it's, it's what we've been doing this whole time. It's just that people do it electively. The people just do it out of the goodness of their hearts. And then they got to go work two jobs, three jobs in order to, like, keep their kids out the streets to pay for, you know, the basketball program so their kids don't get caught up in the shit. So, I mean, it's all part of the, you know, the cycle. It's, it's like, part of the cycle, it, we, yeah. We all have so much of our own shit that we have to worry about that, like, we can't focus on, like, these giant macro problems and shit. Right. I work with this cat named Darius. Shout out to Darius. Um, Shut sa- up, Darius. Save the youth. We bought a bus this summer to take kids to like programs and shit. And Darius has been in jail. Darius like probably moved way back in the day. Darius might have shot someone. I don't know why Darius was in jail. But when he brings the kids out to the car wash where the people come get the car wash, the kids make a little bit of money and it's like a healthy place for the kids to be after school. The kids love that Darius was in jail once. The kids like look like up to him story. so much because he was in jail once. And they look up to him because he's like, y'all don't want to do that. Y'all don't want to be me. Like, they ain't going to listen to a nigga that's never been there. They're not going to listen to somebody that don't really know. But they listen to Darius because Darius has been to jail. And so it's like that fundamental model of like, you have to have been there to know. And we should pay people with that skill set and that expertise 
to do the work of disrupting the violence in the community. Anyway, people getting shot around That's here. What's up? It's fucked up. Yo, shit, man. I mean... I mean, people getting shot around here too. It yo, seems Savannah, to be yeah, around. we ain't got nothing on Savannah, probably. No, I mean, yo, there's like some next level warfare shit going on in these yeah, streets no, in we Savannah. Ain't really got that. Like, I mean, to they're be like, like motherfuckers is coming across, <laughs> motherfuckers is coming from different states up in here yeah. <laughs> to start shit. It's pretty bad. Um, but then, what do we got uh, for the show today? We're, today we're going to be doing a news off, you know, episode, I'm just aren't we? fresh back from maternity leave somewhat. Um, we There's so much has been happening that we haven't got the chance to talk about in like a fresh way in terms of just like keeping up with the ongoing happenings around the country. So we're going to have a news episode. We're looking at the news. We're going to talk a little bit about mm-hmm. the baby. Talk a little bit about Meek Mill, Squid Game, it's- a little bit of a <laughs> abortion ban or lack thereof. Thank you, Supreme Court. You know. Just a little bit of everything today. We're going to talk about some Dave Chappelle comedy Dave specials. Chappelle. You know? Yeah. <laughs> we will be back with that and more after the jump. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. 
Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. All right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back in the house. So what do we got first for the people today? So... As you may know, the Justice Department filed its lawsuit against Texas last month for, uh, for uh, what they alleged was an unconstitutional ban on abortion at six weeks. Um, no carve-out exclusions for incest, rape, or sexual assault of any kind. But the Justice Department argued that this Senate bill, Senate Bill 8, was unconstitutional because it violated the Supremacy Clause as well as the equal protection afforded under the 14th Amendment. And it also, um, they said, violated uh, U.S. Supreme Court precedent. Um, and then this week, in a 113-page ruling, U.S. District Court Judge Robert Pittman said that from the moment uh, SBA went into effect, women have been unlawfully prevented from exercising control over their lives in ways that are protected by the Constitution. Um, I'm gonna jump into the article real quick to add a little bit of, a little bit of. Um... Now, this is one of those ones that happened when you were on your break that like I, I definitely want to get your thoughts of i mean it's one of those sort of things where it's like i kind of already know what you think about it yeah but well here's what i think I about it hear, what do you think you know about what I'm it like wh- i'm sorry what no, i said i want to hear what you think about yeah, it so what I mean? think, it's like i think i know yeah what i think about it is abortion will always be safe and legal for rich women rich people i should say um and so really for me this is like a this is like such a fundamentally working class issue um it's it, it disproportionately and almost in a targeted way um, seeks to like oppress poor women of color, poor people of color who can't travel, who can't jump on a plane and go to California and get an abortion. So it's like not just like oh you hate women, like you specifically hate poor people that seek abortions. Um, and so looking at it, you know, from I actually like. Look at it from like a class perspective, like it's kind of like a class struggle issue. But I interestingly, um, as an aside, I've been reading this book called Freedom Dreams. It's talking about like the black radical tradition throughout history and like talks about different people. It talks about how the black feminist movement, um, as a in part because of the influence of the nation of Islam, like there was a lot of pushback against like the white feminists call for like you know uh, abortion on demand da, 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 because it was seen as like a form of population control in the black community it's a form of like genocide uh, I think you still hear a lot of those talking points repeated today um, but those are the people they're seeking to control maybe we keep this part in there I don't know those are the, well, I mean, yeah, you know like, black women are the think, kinds of people you hear on that. Fox News that they don't want to reproduce. Like, oh, we're going to be overtaken. Oh, the great replacement theory. Like, you can say all day, oh, it's population control, it's genocide. It's like, well, it's every single person's decision for themselves. And this is what they, you know, they, they're, they're trying to oppress you by banning these things. This is not anything for our benefit whatsoever. I mean, this is all, like, part of, like, an ongoing... Texas project that it seems like the Texas Republicans have been working on, which is to try to establish like the MAGA state. You know what I'm saying? Like a state where pretty much all of those all of those decrees that Trump kind of made on a whim, things that couldn't really go through, where it was just he was talking shit on Twitter. It's like 
the Texas Republicans are actually trying to govern the state like that. Yeah. And have like all of these like extreme rights. So I, I don't think that this is the end of it. I think that, I mean, assuming that nothing gets done about it, I think they're just going to keep trying to push like the limits of, of what type of different extreme things that they can pass down there 100%, until 100%. they're not in power. I mean, and they go I try it in Georgia, surprised. and they go try it in Arkansas, and they go try it in like wherever. They're, um, they're starting at first in Texas because I think they know they can get a lot of this shit like crammed through and passed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, they're, they're celebrating like cops on horseback whipping people one day, you know what I'm saying? And then the next day they're like passing through like extreme abortion measures. I wouldn't be surprised if they like pass through some statewide stop and frisk stuff soon, you know. If it ain't already on the books for all that I know. Fuck. But thankfully with regards to reproductive freedom and justice, um, a federal judge did block the enforcement of Texas's controversial new abortion law. Um, granting an emergency request from the Justice Department. So, we will see. They will live to fight another day, unfortunately. Um, gonna, but yeah, yeah it's definitely going to be a fight. block enforcement of the law on a temporary base- basis. And, you know, for now, it's unclear how long it'll be in effect. So, we'll see how long this battle goes on. Do we know what other states are trying to pass laws oh, like that? They definitely... I mean, the Georgia state legislature is not in session right now, but already people like Butch Miller, who's also running, I believe, for a lieutenant governor, have, you know, declared that they will... Like, they gleefully can't wait to get to get the fucking state legislature into session to start crafting equally nefarious bills of their own. Um, I'm like not aware a- of, like, what other states, like, you know, fucking fascists are um, plotting. You know, right now, it looks degree, like, degree, uh, but it's definitely happening. It looks like Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, Mississippi, Michigan, Oklahoma, West Virginia, and Wisconsin. I hate that. As you said that, I heard it in my head to like the Animaniacs tune of like uh, fifty <laughs> states. Dun 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 for some of y'all out there, the Animaniacs was a cartoon back in the <laughs> like yo. it needs a disclaimer. Damn. Don't like that. Feel real you old. You can't even give them no door. The Explorer, some new shit. You're going to hit them with an Animaniacs reference? Animaniacs? I would have hit them. I would have given a tiny tunes on their ass. Fuck. All right. So up next, we're going to be talking about... Oh, this is kind of a continuation of what we chatted about a little bit the other day, right? Yeah, last week we talked a little bit about the Facebook whistleblower coming forward to reveal... Serious harm being perpetrated against young people who are using these platforms, particularly Instagram... Um, worsening or or inciting, uh, you know, eating disorders or suicidal ideation and teenage um, girls, things like that. And so that was really interesting reading up on um, the uh, the testimony on the hearing that it's, this seems to be an issue that's uniting Republicans and Democrats. Uh, Senator Marsha Blackburn, um, Republican from Tennessee, accused Facebook of intentionally targeting children under the age of 13 with an addictive product. Uh, saying it's clear that Facebook prioritizes profit over the well-being of children and all users. And then she was, you know, echoed by uh, subcommittee chair uh, Richard Blumenthal, Democrat from Connecticut. Um, same. He was like, yeah, bet. Same. What are we going to do? And so it's interesting that, like, we found some common ground 
Like everybody well, fucking hates Facebook. Maybe you know we like we can all unite to take him down. Unlikely, we'll but that that's a that's like a two edged thing. Because on on one hand, on one hand, I get what you're saying, but I think that that united front is like resting on you know very unshaky foundation because or very shaky foundation because like the reasons that we hate facebook are completely different you know what i mean like we hate facebook because it's causing harm to children and sowing division and spreading hate and stuff like that disseminating misinformation they hate facebook because it they banned trump after he tried to do a coup oof you know what I'm saying? So it's like they're not even. It's like just because I, this, it's this thing that I always feel about, like you know, finding solidarity with the right wingers. Is it's like if, if they have the same solutions as we do, then cool. And the unlikely event that the solutions to similar problems are the same. But in most cases, when we do share the same problems, our solutions and reasonings for it is like wildly different and shit like that. Second thing is I don't know if that is going to hold up because. I've already seen on Fox News the the whole whatever the Democrats and whatever the libs do, do the opposite. I've already seen that shit taking hold. And I've seen Laura Ingram. Well, why did they hate Facebook all of a sudden? We Maybe Facebook isn't doing anything wrong. You know, I mean, simply because the Democrats have an issue with it. So, I mean, if that, start, if that filters down to Trump and he gives the word, I think Marsha Blackburn will change her tune on that just, in yep. an instant. I think they should break it all up, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. I mean, Not even for, like... to break all that shit up. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the fact that it went down in the way that it was, like, severely interrupted communications for people who rely on it all over the globe, the fact that it could have that level of influence, like, regardless of... Any sort of massive conglomerate, any sort of massive corporation that has that sort of, like vice-like grip on the public sphere like that's that ain't okay what be it social media be it amazon fuck all these niggas it's it's wrong and it is it's the opposite of right one might say um so yeah i mean break it on on just pure antitrust grounds break them up i wonder on what point would facebook have done something different you know never like how how bad would it have had to be before they would have been like, oh, this is an emergency. We have to, we've got to change course or something like that. Because it really makes you wonder because it's pretty bad. Like what it is, uh, you know, like the the harm that they already are causing, that they themselves did an internal, you know, investigation and research in to find out, oh, our company is actually causing these effects. You know what, guys? Don't pay attention to that. Let's just keep doing what we're doing. Business as usual. We got to get this bread. I mean, what if it was really like, what if in their internal investigation, it was like, yo, Facebook can cause mass suicide. Like, they probably would have just said, no, nothing to see here. Let's just. You're like, how do we cover it up? They would have sent it to the comms department immediately. Like, hey, how do we spin this? Like, well, the mass suicides send all a bunch of people to ha- their nirvana, so they're not suffering anymore. It's great. You know, like, I mean, I'm maybe I'm naive, but if you had asked me 10 years ago, would Facebook become the corporation from the aliens movies? I wouldn't have guessed it, but that's where the fuck we are right now. That's where the fuck we are right now. I mean, what do you think that they're gonna do? Like, do you Not think shit. that they actually? Not you think, shit. Do you think no. any of that breaking up talk that we're talking is even a possibility? Or is... 
I don't think enough people genuinely care in order for any action to be taken because one side is really cut up in a culture war. Marco Rubio putting forward bills to ban wokeness in corporations or something. Like, these people are deeply, deeply unserious. I've, and I've so I just, like, don't yeah. think that... I also think that the issue is so... Like, it, like it's, it's, it's weird because Facebook is, like, so ubiquitous and yet the problem is so niche in that, like... People don't think it affects their bottom line, their bread and butter, the kitchen table issues of just like what impacts their wallet, their family well-being, you know, things like infrastructure or child tax credits or, you know, just stuff of the everyday. Uh, the issue of whether or not an algorithm, which, first of all, what really is an algorithm? I couldn't explain what an algorithm is to you. Could the average voter? I don't know. Like, the, the, and the impacts that it's having on our children's mental health. All these things are so, I guess, in a sense, ethereal that I don't think people in Congress are going to take it seriously because it's not going to impact. It's not going to, like, resonate with it's their base. It's not going to move any votes. Yeah, right. It's, it's not, not going to win gonna, any votes. It's not like, going to oh. move or lose any votes. So what's the point? Yeah, like, you're going to read on Facebook one day on your 18th hour of scrolling that Sunday that, you know, oh, we banned Facebook's algorithm that was directing young girls to content that was making them suicidal. Like, and you're like, huh, that's interesting. And you're going to keep scrolling through Facebook. Ultimately, that's how I feel about that. So let's move on to this next one. This is probably going to be the hottest button topic of the week or last few weeks, I guess. So famed comedian Dave Chappelle recently put out a new special on Netflix called The Closer. And as has been the pattern with all of his other Netflix specials, it has caused a uproar of controversy over his uh, homophobic, transphobic lyric. Or did I say lyrics? <laughs> and then comedy bit. Um, I'm really interested in hearing your take. First, before you go into... Because you said you watched it recently, right? I did. I watched it on Sunday. I tried not to okay. cry on my way to my friend's fucking birthday party. Because I was a little mad! I was a little mad! Alright. Well, going into that, um, before you get on what your... You know, why it caused you to have that reaction, let's start back to, like, 2017, if you can remember back. When he first started doing these... Uh, Netflix specials because each one of them have had a you know a controversy attached with it yeah as far as like on this particular issue I think maybe the last one didn't because that was the COVID one so he was mainly talking about like George Floyd COVID stuff but what is your what have you been thinking about Dave Chappelle in this since he has made this comeback where he's been doing the comedy specials and being in the public eye more and stuff like that what have you been thinking about the controversy surrounding him leading up to this I mean it's funny because I had seen very I've recently seen like the last couple of years of Netflix specials of his and well it felt like it was creeping into an uncomfortable territory with regards to LGBTQ issues um, ultimately I still mostly laughed like, you know, the balance of my experience of the special, I might have moments of discomfort, but mostly I was happy. Mostly I found it really funny. Um, even the parts that are problematic were um, the touch points for conversation around the problems themselves. So not necessarily for nothing were these, like, somewhat sticky, uncomfortable issues being raised. Um, but in this one, I feel like he was... his. his Ego had been so bruised by the beating he had taken regarding that earlier content that the degree to which he doubled down 
on it took it into a territory where it was like, oh, this is not, this isn't fun anymore. It like, this isn't fun we- anymore, man. It was weird, yo. It was really weird. It was really it weird. Felt- and I will say, you know, as a person that identifies as queer, um, and hearing the way he talked about the black community in contrast to the gay community, as if they're two separate things and there aren't people that fall into both categories. Um, he even, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, burn any of his jokes or anything, but he even talks about, um, oh, I don't have a problem with transgender people. I have, I have a problem with white people. As if all transgender people are white. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the, when it started to get in that territory, it was like the first thing that took me out of it. It's like, you know, we exist, right? <laughs> like, you know, there's people in the black community who are trans, who are bisexual, who are gay, lesbian, like, he's always attacking um, transness as white and like LGBTQ-ness as white when it's like nah nigga like we out here too in fact <laughs> you know fucking Stonewall Marsha P. Johnson you know who threw the shot gr- glass heard around the world and started the Stonewall riots allegedly was a fucking black trans sex worker like she was a woman of color and so to just ignore we're then that's like the, the that is the genesis of everything we know pride to be today every pride celebration you know and have ever seen and been to heard about came from fucking stonewall which was led by women of color who were trans and who were queer and like to just totally erase that whole history and be like nope you're either black and you're straight or you're white and you're queer or you fucking or, or i hope you die <laughs> i don't know was what took me out of it initially <laughs> okay so then what so then how did it escalate from there for you um without giving you know, too many spoilers i feel like a lot of these things have become memes and so like i think this is public knowledge if you haven't seen the special he he says i'm team turf saying that he he's on the same team as like trans exclusionary radical feminists pretty much people who don't think trans people are their are are their you know their gender that they identify with you know especially trans women not being women. Um, let me let me run down some of these before to, before you continue just to you know because th- this is like she said this isn't really spoiling it because a lot of the stuff is already out there but just to run down some things that he said in the special for anybody who's wondering um, this I guess will kind of be spoiler quotes. Um, he said. Uh, Any of you who've ever watched me know that I've never had a problem with transgender people. If you listen to what I'm saying, clearly my problem has always been with white people. That's going to your point about not acknowledging that there are definitely a lot of black transgender people, my dude. And Asian Um, and Hispanic and, yeah, like, indigenous, like, to say, like, oh, I hate, oh, my problem's white, you know. All these trans, white trans people, and those are the only trans people that exist. <laughs> In, In itself, it's already like, bro. <laughs> defending, what's her name? Of uh, the, the Harry Potter lady. Fucking Ro- J.K. Rowling's ass. J.K. Rowling. Sorry. Just, yeah, he was supporting yeah. her, um, talking about it. She herself has been caught in some controversy, some anti trans controversy, uh, but he said, I'm Team Turf. Uh, at the end of the uh, comedy special, he says, all I ask of your community with all humility, will you please stop punching down on my people? And that's probably the part of the shit that really rubbed me wrong. 
Because I felt that's just like the accumulation of everything that you just said in terms of like the whole thing felt like it had this eerie vibe of. I mean, if I were just to oversimplify it, it felt like the mission statement of the special was like the gay community and the black community are at odds because Kevin Hart and the baby lost gigs. <laughs> Doesn't that sound dumb? Like it just it, it just had this weird like, I, you know, it's like if the point of it is not to pit black people against gay people, then what was the point? You know what I mean? Because right. no. it wasn't and you touched like, on my big other problem with it. It's pitting these marginalized communities against each other as if it's a it's like it's a race. Like, oh, we got to like one of us is going to make it to the top. The others, we got to step on their heads to get there, which is, I think, I think speaks to the nature of the jokes. Stepping on the heads of another marginalized group group in order to yourself ascend when it's like, nah, man, all of our liberations are tied together. Like black people ain't free or straight black people ain't free until queer black people are free until queer white people are free until, you know, Mexican trans people are free. Like we all got to fight together against the people who are really causing us all the problems, which is fucking, you know, Jeff Jeff Zuckerberg. One of those okay. bitches. <laughs> so here's my here's my overall problem with this Dave Chappelle special, right? Is it's not even you know, it's like taking myself out of it, I have way more there's way more of an issue with the aftermath of the situation than the special itself to me. In the time that the special has come out, like all of the worst human beings in the world. <laughs> have come from under the rocks in holes that they hide in to like give praise to Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle's got it right. He's one of the good ones. He knows what it is. Tell him. Fuck these woke. That's fuck the PC culture. Tell him how it is. Yeah. Now, if you look around and you're there's lit- there's not literal goose stepping Nazis are online like talking about like yo man that was yeah Dave Chappelle he like gets like there's people there's people who I shit you not who just last week were praising oh look at the cops beating those Haitians with the whips on horseback we need more of that in the streets we need to do it now like those same exact people are talking about like oh man Dave Chappelle's awesome Dave Chappelle's awesome now I don't want to like mention too many of them you know what i'm saying because like i don't want to like give shine to any whack shit but for me it's just weird that dave chappelle's not saying anything like against it i refute nazism like i mean and, and, and when i say nazis i mean i'm talking like some of them Figuratively, <laughs> and some quite literally. You know what I'm saying? There's one cat. Again, I'm trying not to mention names, but there's one cat who who made a video of him and his friends, like with one of his friends putting his knee on the back of his neck to like make a demonstration of, oh, George Floyd wasn't really in any danger. He died from fentanyl. And this dude is talking about, oh man, Dave Chappelle's awesome. Dave Chappelle's awesome. Now, the thing is, if I was talking about, like, some internet trolls or, like, people with egg avatars and shit like that, nah, I mean, obviously there's no reason for Dave Chappelle to feel any sort of, like, responsibility to, like, acknowledge that or engage with those people, whatever. The motherfuckers that I'm talking about get more likes, views, and retweets than most of the rappers that Dave Chappelle be hanging out with. 
You know what I mean? So these are people with platforms and voices who just yesterday were saying black people deserve to be whipped on horseback. And now today, here, oh, Dave Chappelle said something about trans people. Fucking A, yeah, yeah, do it. So effectively, whether he knows it or not, like none, like a lot of this shit isn't dependent on people being active participants or not. Whether Dave Chappelle realizes it or not, he's effectively serving the same purpose as Candace Owens is in this instance. Yo, straight up. You gotta have on some real shit. a moment of self-reflection to look around you and be like, mm, is that Ben Shapiro? Oh, wait. Is that Laura, exactly. is that Laura Ingram? Bitch, why are you saying so close to me? Oh, you like what I said? Oh, no. I mean, what did I do? You gotta I've, just I've, have that moment. Just have that moment of self-reflection, bro. Like, the, maybe I don't really... I told you about the Joe Rogan shit, right? Right. Like, motherfuckers can say whatever... Like, you can say whatever you want to say about Joe Rogan. You can say people uh, criticize him unfairly or blah, 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 blah. One thing that is a fact is that for, like, two years of the Joe Rogan show, the main topic of discussion that he wanted to talk about with every white guest was, man... You know, black people are just born with low IQs, and everyone says we're racist when we talk about it. How come we can't talk about these things? How black people are genetically inferior and born with low IQs? Like, my whole thing is whether Joe Rogan has an explanation for why that was, like, something he wanted to talk about. I just always, as, like, a fan, just imagine, damn, if Dave Chappelle was sitting across the table from somebody who was doing that, he would probably check him. Straight out. And Dave Chappelle's been on the show, like, twice. Since Joe Rogan's been on that shit, and Dave Chappelle didn't say shit about that. They smoked, hey, bud, smoke weed, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like, when you see it back then and it alarms you, and you see it like two years ago, or not even two years ago, I think the last Dave Chappelle Joe Rogan interview was like maybe like five or six months ago. When you see it, it's like, damn, that's weird. Like, Joe Rogan was definitely going off all, all pandemic about like, you know, like, protesters should stop and black lives matters out of hand and terrorists and the cops we got to trust the cops and shit like really like Dave Chappelle ain't got shit to say about that like at all so now shit like this puts it in a different sort of context for a cat like me and again I'm not I don't I'm not talking about the special I'm talking about the aftermath of this shit it's super weird yeah he had he had a public event where at the end of it he was like hey if this is what getting canceled looks like then i love it uh fuck cnn fuck ms nbc fuck abc it's all fake there was a huge omission to that what i have no choice but to think it was deliberate unless i thought dave Chappelle was stupid but i don't think dave Chappelle's stupid so i think that's a deliberate thing. He deliberately left Fox News out of that. Yeah. Because he has a fan base now. He's getting that paper. And that, that's the fan base that he's got, you know? This, I, when I say fan base now, I mean, there's a whole new crop of fans. If you're out there and you're a Dave Chappelle fan, you've been a Dave Chappelle fan since the Chappelle show. Oh, you got... You've got some new brothers and sisters in arms on your team. So a lot of them were, were storming the Capitol a couple months ago. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. I rewatched the Chappelle show recently. And other than the nostalgia value, it really wasn't that funny. There. I, I said it. I'm, I don't know if I can rock with you on that. I, I that hey. <laughs> Are you, stand with me. Stand with the fucking the new fans. 
What's that? What's that? Oh, you want? No you're like, new what, you fans. Know? <laughs> Bruh, I mean, you like the company you keep? You like the company you keep? But, yeah. I mean, just at the bottom line, yo, the shit was, that was just whack. That's whack. Like, whack. I'm don't sorry, watch man. It. I, we watched it for you, and we didn't like it, so don't do it. Don't uh, give them the clicks. I mean, I hope again, I ruined I'm, it for you, so now you will I'm not, it. again, I'm not going to tell anybody to not watch anything. Like, like if you want, all I'm saying is, I thought the shit was whack. I'm going to tell I, queer if, folks and L- LGBTQ everybody, don't watch it. I was very upset. I thought I would be like, oh, an interesting, just intellectual exercise to see how I feel and just to pause the, you know, the meaning of the jokes. No, I, no, I did not enjoy it. I mean, okay. In fairness, he did bring up some interesting things, which I won't get into in case anyone's going to watch it and doesn't want any spoilers. There are some moments I was like, hmm, that's very insightful, but not in relation to anything translated. Everything he said, the translator was terrible. How much of the special would you say the trans stuff took up? It took up like 60%. It was like a lot of it. I was like, bruh, you made your point. Fucking stop. Jesus. So let's talk about. It went on and on and on, man. Let's let's go on a little bit more about this. So since that all happened, right? So since the whole thing with that happened, um, you've had, uh, let me go to, okay, so since that all happened, you've had, you know, a lot of people have spoken out against it, uh, Glad has spoken out, um, a trans woman who actually works for Netflix uh, put out a tweet that read, yesterday we launched another Chappelle special where he attacks the trans community and the very validity of transness, all while trying to pit us against other marginalized groups. You're going to hear a lot of talk about offense. We are not offended. And she was later suspended from Netflix. Yep. Now, they they say it was for trying to get into a meeting that she wasn't invited to, but um, it came shortly after that thread of tweets went viral. Um, other comedians and celebrities have come out in praise of Dave Chappelle, including this one interesting one that I wanted to run by you, Mariah, because oh, like, fuck. if this is where things are going, no, holy fuck. shit, do I have some thoughts. So comedian Damon Wayans offered his praise, Dave Chappelle, and he said, quote, I feel like Dave freed the slaves. Yeah, the comedians. We were slaves to PC culture, and he just, you know... As an artist, he's Van Gogh. He cut his ear off. He's trying to tell us it's okay. I've always been free, but um, I just think he's saying, you know what? All that I have, I'm not afraid to lose it for the sake of creative freeness of speech. You can't edit yourself. Comedians, we're like, Mercedes makes great cars, but you gotta crash a lot before they're perfect. Yeah. So, white people, particularly who work in electoral politics, are so confused and blinded to the amount of conservatism in the black community. <laughs> yeah, oh, like yeah, that's yeah. straight up right wing talking points. I've I've said this before on the show. If Republicans literally just narrowed down their focus to we hate gay people and poor people, they would have like fifty percent of the black vote. 
but they happen to hate black people too, and so they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe I just exactly. won't vote they, at all. They, instead. they, they can't know. control. They can't control the hatred of black people. <laughs> you just like, hear them like revving up that end, like, nah, nah. <laughs> like just trying not to say it. But yeah, no, that's that's definitely a right wing talking point, and it's just like, I mean, it doesn't make hear any, any fucking sense. Being like we were slaves. I'm He's sorry. trying to tell us it's okay to do what? To do what? Nigga, like, you're Damon Wayans. Damon Wayans has been richer longer than he was a regular human being. Yeah, stop. I think, be, I think that might even apply for Dave Chappelle, too. I think Dave Chappelle's been richer longer, rich and famous than longer broke. than he was yeah. a regular person. So, like, I mean, at this point, you know, hearing this shit, like, these niggas ain't really living... Like on Earth and shit. I don't know what the fuck is going on, but I know that if 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 people are gonna start, let me put on like my African. Let me put on my African costume right now, so I can so I can talk about this and address this with a certain level of detachment. You know, I mean, address like if African Americans are gonna start hopping on this bandwagon of like. PC culture and oh I hate the wokeness and blah 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 blah. Yo, you 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 have to be prepared to keep the energy up and to match the energy because it's gonna come around. The next time some country singer says some shit that you don't like, the next time some NASCAR driver or NFL quarterback is on camera saying some shit, shut the fuck up. Shut up. Shut all the way up. There's this picture that went viral and it's of this closer comedy special right it's a picture of dave Chappelle, i think kind of from behind him and he's on stage and there's like the room is full and everybody's like cackling laughing their ass off and there's these two i want to say women but just in all fairness they them i don't know but there's two people in the audience obviously looking uncomfortable in distress you've seen that picture oh yeah this shit went viral. Everybody was looking at it, laughing. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Why don't you just stay home? Ah, look, at these two people don't like the show. Ha, these, it was going around. Like, what I'm saying is, keep that energy. Because if that was Larry the Cable Guy going in on a 40-minute bit about how black people aren't good fathers and they eat watermelon and fried chicken in a room full of white people cackling and laughing, and there's two lone black people sitting there looking uncomfortable, and that picture is going viral with people laughing. There'd be a fucking Black Lives Matter march from here to fucking San Francisco, Today. yo. And, and there the would be when, a lot of gay people in that march, marching with heads. Like, yeah, we get it. Exactly. When he was like, oh, I'm Team Turf, that's like, so it's like fucking Larry the Cable Guy being like, yeah, I'm in the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> it's like, no way anyone, that would ever be allowed. And it shouldn't be, because that's fucking scary, because that they. We're killing niggas as recently, as recently, as recently. Like, they still <laughs> probably killing niggas. So, I it's think so we funny. need to. I think we need to. Let's just make my blood boil. We're going to need to take a break and get into the music discussion. Right, but I mean, it. you know, before we do it, though, I was just like, can't nobody confuse me for anything even remotely woke. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just, I'm not saying that as like a virtue and I'm not denigrating anything. It's just not who I am. It's just, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, that's not the social circle that I like Roman, that Roman. This is, but like, 
You don't have to be woke to recognize when shit is whack, yo. And to just critique it the way that I would critique some rap shit. The production might have been dope. The delivery might have been on point. But when I think of the content, nah. I I don't fuck with this, man. I can't. Yeah, I got way more problems than blue-haired 14-year-olds on Twitter saying bad stuff about comedians. Get the fuck out of here, man. Nah, that's just whack. And if, if, a, if a community is telling you that something is hurting them and you keep doing it anyway, you don't care about them. And he can say all day long that he is a feminist, that he, you know, he, he cares about trans folks, but that is simply true. You don't, you don't continue like, to do something if it's hurting somebody, period. And niggas like me, where I'm from, when neo-Nazis is, is liking the shit that you do, usually you like reassess the shit that you do. And you're like, oh, wait, let me... <laughs> Let me think about that a bit. Just one second. Anyway, we got to pay some bills. We'll be back with the music discussion, y'all. Yeah. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics, in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. All right, so we are back with the music discussion. It's, it's, it's an odd one. We're not really talking about songs. We're just talking about rap We're talking about songs, per se. We're talking about a musician. Yes, so... So okay, so I don't even know which one to go at first, because the, these are just like musings, you know, just thoughts. But w- which one do you want? Do you want to talk about Meek? Okay, yeah. So, um, speaking of also trying not to give any spoilers, um, I watched Squid Game last week. I don't know if you've seen it. Yet. Have you seen it yet? I haven't seen it yet. Okay, I, it, it's kind of, somebody tells me it's like the perfect blend of Battle Royale and Hunger Games. That's how it's been described to me. Oh, you froze for a second, but I think the audio probably oh. still got captured. A blend of Battle okay. Royale and what? In Hunger Games. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's it's got its own special twist on the general theme, particularly in making it a little more of an incisive critique on capitalism. And it, like, it's very plain to see. Like, it's very, very plain to see. And Meek, in a tweet, called this out. He said, in Squid Games, pay attention to how fast people switch and kill each other to survive. Now think about, quote unquote, hood poverty. It's the same exact same thing. If you just help them with work money, they won't be that way. It's just a common sense message. So he's like calling out like the underlying drive to accumulate capital to, you know, stay alive, to feed your family, whatever you got to do. Uh, spurring people to be bloodthirsty as hell, killing each other like in in metaphorical ways in um, life oftentimes, though in literal ways as well in the hood, but then like in very little literal ways in the show. Uh, and then he, it's really funny because then he subsequently got made fun of for trying to be deep, but he's like, right though. And I mean, he's... it's part of a larger trend I have found of people thinking the show is about human nature and not a blatant critique of capitalism. Like, oh, it's so fucked up. People just turn against each other when the chips are down. Human nature, and it's like. <laughs> I... <laughs> well, that's capitalism talking. Is it? I mean, Literally, okay, so I wanted to no, debate, no, no, I wanted I'm, to I'm, debate I'm, this with you. What, because makes the, what, what triggers somebody to say human nature in that instance? That's that's capitalism. Right, no, <laughs> it, could, it could be that we're socialized into a capitalist system. And so everything we know, we assume that is it is by, that way by default. There could be no other option. But it could also be that maybe it is human nature that has given rise to capitalism. But we do all kinds of shit. That isn't human nature that we make choices to do because it's better for us. We fucking fill up airplanes with fossil fuels and fly 600 miles an hour across the world in six hours and land in a totally different country. Like, that's not human nature, but we do it because it's good to do for a reason. And so, I mean, I don't know. It's Is human I, nature I... inherently greedy. Or is, and that's why we have capitalism. Or is capitalism make people greedy? And really, our human nature is like more benevolent. Hey, I'm just a, I'm just a stoner rapper guy, but like, I have there's a, a difference. Wine, so. <laughs> there's a difference between human nature makes people greedy, and human nature is responsible for these fucking complex, <laughs> like, economic systems and shit like that. Like, nah, nah, yo. I don't think that's human nature. I think that's that's game. Like, that's you know game. what I'm saying? Like, I, I, think I like to believe humans are a lot more collaborative, because we live without, you know, 
a lot of these concepts, money and the, I mean, the, the nuclear household and shit for a very long time. And don't we get just me wrong. It. Human nature is vicious. I'm See, not, that's my like, question. Like, like, is human nature vicious? And that's why we have capital. Not necessarily why does have it, but it doesn't have to get into is that why we have capitalism? But is human nature vicious? I don't know. I've only lived within the constraints of the society I live in, which I think definitely accelerates that uh, that tendency, even if it's not innate. You know what I'm saying. I, I d- I think, I mean, from my experiences, you know, I would say that I think that human nature, you know, does have a viciousness, viciousness to it. There is definitely like a dog eat dog sort of base to to like the, you know, humans in their natural state and shit like that. But I don't know. It's like I, I think if you can acknowledge I have a problem. with I have a problem when people acknowledge their problems and don't change it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I feel like if you are astute enough to be like, gee, the, the the economic social situation that I'm in is causing people to do X, Y, Z. Fuck it. I'm going to do it anyway. You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't that doesn't fly with me. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think I think that's probably would be like a nitpick critique at, at Mick Mill's observation. But I think it's cool that. You know, he's he's thinking that shit and making those observations. As far as, like, people coming down on him and ragging on him and making fun of him about trying to be deep, that goes with your branding, sir. You know what I mean? I, I don't feel that if J. Cole had made this observation that anybody would have said any of those things to him. Not that J. Cole is, like, some scholar professor or anything like that, but J. Cole's brand is, hey, I'm a nigga who might think about something like this from time to time. You know what I mean? Meek Mills, I mean, we know that what Meek Mills work in with, like, the prison system and shit like that, but yeah. let's keep it real. He didn't do that till he went to jail. Yeah. You know, other other than that, like, Meek Mills' brand is, yo, I'm partying, bubbly, I'm a tough guy, I'm cool. So, like, if he comes out and tries to make, like, a socioeconomic, like, uh, uh, commentary... And then one that's like, you know, based around a show and it's not, it's just like really like surface level. Yeah, I, I, I personally, in, the, in all's fairness and being a public figure, yeah, I, I see why people <laughs> were joking on him. I mean, it, uh, it comes back to, in part, like what I've heard people be like, you know, act like musicians just fucking make music. Like, don't be, I think it might have even been Malcolm X who talked about like, oh, in no other field, for no other people, would you expect your fucking baseball players and your, you know, rappers or whatever to, like, be activists and have, like, informed opinions about things? It's only with black people because if you're rich and you're black, oh, well, we, we are going to tokenize you and, like, make your opinion matter. Um, it all depends. It all depends, yeah. They pick and choose. Uh, well, let's, let's cap it off today. We got one song that we're going to talk about. Oh, word. Yeah. Um, so we are going to check out uh, back when Mariah was on maternity leave. I mentioned how much I really loved the album by this rapper, Mac Hami, called Pray for Haiti. If you guys haven't heard it, it is really, really, really dope. I highly recommend it. It is like if most deaf also cap niggas. It's just it's just it's hard. It's smooth. It's smart, but it's ignorant. It's just dope. It's really dope. And I thought that uh, this song, Marie, kind of 
kind of encapsulates what you're going to expect in the album. So let's check this out. Even when that YSL bumping Michael even when she rocked the veil, mommy hot as hell, cake like... Before we get into it, I just want to take the first time to acknowledge this for all y'all. I know that was just five seconds of dopeness for y'all, but that was two minutes of a masterpiece that we got to listen to. <laughs> Mac Hami is a Haitian-American rapper. He's been rapping for a long-ass time. This new album, Pray for Haiti, is actually his ninth album because up until, you know, a few years ago, he was like a, a underground. He hooked up with Griselda, and now people have started catching on to the lyrics. But the whole album is filled with interludes of, like, news clippings about Haiti and Haiti's situation. It doesn't really specifically tie into what the songs are about, but it's just like everything is so abstract, but I don't know. It, it's He's really dope. He He's probably the closest thing to a pre-internet rapper that we have right now. Like, nigga doesn't even show his face. Like, motherfucker ain't got no bio. He ain't got no website. He ain't like got no Twitter the, handle. I like the mystery. He, yeah. Oh, it's, it's like just, it's just, all, I, all anyone knows about this dude is that He's ill as hell on the mic, and I dig that. It's like the pieces of his personality, you have to piece them together from listening to his music. That that shit's fucking fly to me. What'd you think of the song? Oh, no, it's smooth as hell. Um, I just, like, immediately, like, just melted into the beat. Am I tripping Lyr- on the most deaf? A little bit, a little bit of a you most deaf. A little deaf? bit of yeah, inflection? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to put that nigga up to these days. Come get your boy, oh. Chappelle. Come get him. <laughs> Come get you him. stole the words out of my mouth. Where are you, Yasin? Bay. Yo, the way the rap is going, though, man, I don't even know if I want to know what most stuff thinks. You know, I don't want to be disappointed. I really don't. I don't know how many more people I thought were cool being on some whack shit I no, can take. It's, it's, it's the circle of life. <laughs> whack niggas just de- decline and fade and the new pretty cool people come up and it's like, oh, I didn't I didn't hear, I didn't know about uh, uh, Matt Homie. Like, and I learned today that he's dope and now you'll replace yeah, uh, Chappelle, the baby exactly. in, my, in my heart. Yeah, it's just, it's the cycle goes on, cycle goes on. Ah shit! Well, you know what? This felt really good. Let's I'm do- not even. I'm not even lying. It felt really good to get this off the chest. It did. Like, I feel a little I've bit better. Thinking about this like all week, and it's like I was like, "Damn, man! I really wish I had an outlet that I could express these thoughts about this." Oh wait, yeah. Anyway, I think we need to close it off. It's it's getting late. I think we need to wrap. Yeah. Oh, let's do it. Hey, Joel. Our homie Joel, you know, it's funny, whenever we keep we say Joel drop a beat all the time, it's he ain't even making these beats, but he's really good at dropping them shits though. Drop them <laughs> shits, son. Chiefin' on a marble, sobbing on my piss break. Wearing all charcoal black like on Wednesday. I've lost my fucking marbles like I was in this quick game. I'm startled and heartbroken, traumatized instantly. Every time I'm reminded, creepy full of color don't exist, y'all. Yeah. All the gays are white and all the fellas otherwise. And we are blind to every other kind of type. Draw a rigid line between the groups that should unite. It ain't about the straight blacks versus the white gays and the trans Latinos or whatever they try to say. It's all of us up against the system architecture to keep us fighting each other instead of working together. Hey, this is Dope Knife. I'm Lingua Franca. And you've been listening to Waiting on Reparations. Peace. See you next week.
Waiting on Reparations is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.